Today is Feb- Thursday, February 11th, and we are back for, with a gangbang. Now, I did not podcast at all this week, so this is the first show for Archer Radio this week. And joining me tonight for this gangbang show is Moose P. Hi, Moose P. Hey, menage Toirs. <laughs> That's true. This is really not a gangbang because we do have with us um, Jay, the blind guy, blind guy Jay, but he went to get a cocktail. I'm not sure if he's back yet. No, I don't think he is. I don't think so. He's still muted. So oh, you're right. He is still muted. Well, he, when he comes back, he can he can join us. So you're right. I forgot I said that last week that it's a, it's not a gangbang unless it's four or more. Since you have a, a term for each one, like, you know, uh, one person, you're just solo. You're jerking off yourself. Two, you're having sex. Three, it's a, tr- a menage a trois. And then four, it's a gangbang. <laughs> Well, we got a menage here tonight. We got a menage tonight. <laughs> and there's Jay. Welcome Hi, back, Jay. Jay. How are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I got my, I grabbed a cider. I just went for something quick. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Well, I'm yeah. not drinking tonight. I had a wine earlier with dinner, but I'm not drinking right now. Moose, are you drinking anything? Not a thing. I started to get a beer and bring it up, but not tonight. I see a lot of bottles on the floor, though. <laughs> back on. <laughs> You're talking about <laughs> my wine. or 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 what <laughs> here's the thing um we belong to a lot of wine clubs and okay. uh, they've been delivering a lot lately so i've got all those wines that you see on the floor there um behind me at our wine rack are wines that have not been like cataloged or put on the wine rack yet <clears throat> my Filed, husband, so to speak <laughs> right my husband wants to um label them and put a tag on them as you can see moose there's like tags on a lot of the bottles back there Yes, he wants to do that before he puts them on the rack, but he just hasn't had time to do it. So, okay, is, is that so you guys can later pull them out and you know like what year and Correct. everything you and got them and he will also write on the tag what what's the best year to drink it in too. So like if he pulls something off the rack and it says um, you know enjoy through twenty thirty five, then we can we know we can hang on to that for a while before we decide to drink it. So now, how do you know what's going to be good that long? Yeah. Well, interesting. In wine clubs, most of them send out a sheet of paper or a, a flyer or whatever that talks about the wines in that current shipment, and it will tell you um, where when they think it will be at its peak and when you should not drink it after a certain date. So, so it's really going by what the um, the winemakers and the winery says. Right. So if they say it's good through 2035, what, what would the peak be because i'm guessing it's not 2035 no but i bet it would be closer to 2030 oh okay you know okay but it really it varies from wine to wine you know you can't Mm -hmm. there's no generalization there um and like white wines you don't necessarily um keep white wines on your rack but there there are some chardonnays and some certain wines that you can keep like i think we have um a chardonnay from at least six years ago and um I mean, it's going to be really good, but it's going to have that, a darker color to it and um, different different flavor profile than, than if you were to drink it right now. So, I don't think I have ever kept a bottle of wine over three years. Well, and actually, that's the trend in America right now is to, uh, it's called Drink Me Now. Um, don't don't sell her your wines. You, a lot of winemakers are making wines because a, a lot of young people, the millennia, millennials, want to just drink it right now. They don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. So it's trending well, in me. that direction. Hell, after COVID, you know, it's not telling you if we'll be here next year. So drink it. <laughs> well, and I, I think the um, the trend is more in line with like sort of common 
wine drinkers because more people are drinking wine than I think used to. So I yes, think that is true. a lot of people who used to be, you know, sort of collectors and they knew a lot about it and they, they paid attention to those years. They rotated it when it came in and, you know, they cellared it, they temperature controlled it, right? You can, I mean, you can still buy fancy wine cellars oh, to yeah. like store them and, you know, at certain temperatures and everything. But I, I think now there's a lot of folks out there who, you know, you buy a bottle of wine and you bring it home and you drink it. It's, it's not something you're buying for later. You're buying it for right now. Correct. That is true. And I do believe that at least in the younger populations, that's exactly what they're doing. They just want to drink it right now. So that's why well, this old fart does a very same thing. So. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, do me too. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a few bottles that were, one was bought for me and I, I, I don't remember what it was, but it's a very nice bottle when I left a, a board that I was on and the the board members bought me a really nice bottle of wine. And it's like, okay, I'll set that aside for a nice time. And I keep thinking like, when is that nice time? <laughs> well, um, do you know what vintage it is or what year it was? It's, uh, it's a Cabernet and I think it's a, I want to say like a 2013 or 14. Um, is it from California? Yeah. You should probably drink it now. Okay. Just, you know, it can't hurt. I don't think I'd wait too much mm-hmm. longer because you're talking eight years now, technically. Right. You know. Yeah, it's it's been four four years, I think, since I was on the board. And at the time, it was a three- or four-year-old bottle. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were three or four years old. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Nope, no, yeah. we're near. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it, it would not um, be a bad thing to go ahead and drink it now. So, all right. Um, I sent out well, maybe a couple it's a Valentine's day wine. <laughs> there you go. And that's this weekend. Um, I sent out mm-hmm. in the email, a couple of topics, possible topics. And one of them was vaccine envy. Now I know that I think we talked about this like either last week or the week before, um, cause there was an article in the post, but I wanted to just bring this up because on, in, you know, personally I've experienced this just this week and I wanted to see what other people are thinking about this, if you're experiencing it, and so forth. And here's my example. So I have one friend who lives out in Arizona who um, is my age. He's probably, maybe he's a year older than me, so he's 58. And he does not have any special medical you know, uh, situations. He's not, he doesn't work in the medical field. He doesn't work in, in schools. He's not a, uh, you know, he, he would fall in the population who would get the vaccine last like me. Well, he's, he's posted on Facebook a couple of times this week that he is getting sick and tired of seeing people post about their getting their um, vaccine. And then he gets really mad when they post the second one saying, I got my second shot. And it's like, he's, he's, I think he's envious of the people who have gotten the shots, you know? And it's like, and I don't think that these people are necessarily bragging, but he is taking it as if they're bragging and he's being getting upset about it, you know? So there's that side of it. And then the other side is um, just, it was, this was yesterday, a, a teacher friend of mine, you know, I'm, I'm no longer teaching, but she's still teaching. She posted a picture on Facebook um, showing her second shot. You know, they have these little cards that, you know, to show you when you got the first shot and when you get the second shot. And she was holding up the card saying that she got the second shot. And then 
And then in her post, she's like, I really feel bad that I, I can say that I've got my second shot when there are people who still haven't gotten their first shot. You know, so she's feeling a little guilty that she got the shot. And I want to say to both of them, are you, both of you are crazy. You should not, first of all, she should not feel guilty for getting the shot. She should feel lucky for getting the shots. And my friend out in Arizona should not be upset that people are getting the shots because he's not in their situation. He's not working with the public. He's not sick in any kind of way. You know, I mean, he needs to understand and realize that his day will come, you know? So I was just curious to see what you guys were thinking about this um, whole idea of vaccine envy. Have you experienced any of this? Anybody have a, something they want to share? I can relate to this because tomorrow, uh, due to health issues, my husband is going to get his first shot. Oh, congratulations. His appointment is at 1015. And I was thinking, you know, God damn, I would, I am so jealous and I'm trying my best. I'm happy for him. He needs it. He's got these health issues that if he gets sick, he's going to be, it's going to kill him. But, you know, I don't know. It's frustrating because we I know that as soon as he gets his second shot, he's going to want to hop on the Southwest jet and take off to New York. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I heard tonight, well, my turn is going to come maybe July. Yeah. See, so, I'm going to be in the summertime too. Yeah. I, I okay. Mean, so then, then in the time between the time that he gets both shots and the time you get your first shot, there's a whole lot of time for you to be exposed to, to it. Right. And, and I'm going it, out to the grocery store. I'm the one that's going to the gym. I'm the one picking up food in restaurants, you know, so I'm, I have greater exposure potential than yeah. he does because he's staying home. Well, well, once he has the vaccine, could he take over some of those responsibilities? <laughs> he could. <laughs> well, that might be, a, you know, something for you, you and your partner or you and your husband. Doesn't, to doesn't about. sound it's not going to happen. Likely. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. No, my, my husband got his uh, second shot two days ago. Um, oh, wow. And because okay. he's a, um, he's a care provider. Oh, that's right. And yeah. You told so, us that a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. So they're, they're considered essential, you know, medical workers. So they're, um, you know, he, he's gone through the process and I'm, I'm not feeling overly jealous. I'm happy for him that he got it because he's, he's the one that goes out for everything. And he does almost all the grocery shopping. Cause a lot of the time it's, you know, he'll stop on his way home and grab, you know, grab something if we need it. Right. But we're having a lot of stuff delivered. My um, last, uh, was it last week? Yeah. That I couldn't participate because I said I was risking my life going to Costco. Yeah. <laughs> um, out there. And um, that's like my only trip out ever, you know, like once a month we go to Costco typically. And so I, I don't feel too bad because um, unlike your husband, Moose, it, it, I don't think my husband's going to want to be traveling a bunch, right? He's he's definitely more of a, a stay-at-home person. So, like, I'm I'm just very happy he got his, and um, he's he's been sick. So, um, the second one made him he had a pretty bad reaction to it. So, made him feel really um, really bad. But I've heard that. Yeah, I've yep, heard that. The too. second one is rough, and the the. Uh, the family that he's providing care for, the stepfather is a 
care provider as well. Um, and he, he had a similar situation. I don't know if he um, missed two days, but I know at least he missed his first day of work after the vaccine. And my husband just missed his second day today. So, um, and he's, he's up and around. <laughs> we, we were, <laughs> what I was doing right before this is um, all of a sudden I went to take the dog out. Um, Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, participate in Archer show and um, got to run the dog out. So <laughs> I, I knew it was raining and I stepped up to the sliding glass door and went, something sounds wrong out on the patio. And um, we've had problems with one of our gutters. They, uh, they come to a point right in front of the sliding glass door, um, uh -huh. the corner. And so the um, gutters where they meet, they, overflow like it's the low point if they get stopped up yeah and so there was a lot of water and i'm like oh no like so i called my husband who was in the back room and i'm like hey come here look <laughs> what's going on out here and he's like yep the gutter's leaking and so we went out and took a ladder and a snake and got the hose out and um tried to clear the the downspout as well as we could but it's it's one of those things that you don't think of until it's too late right, right? it's it, we if i was good about it i would like set a reminder to clean the gutters in like december or something of and, course yeah um but so but i forgot and and we did this last year too because um you know i'm guessing this will be an annual thing <laughs> So, Jay, then you're in the same situation that Moose and I are in, in terms of that your husband's going to get it before you will, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's done. Yeah, he's done. He's had both. My so. husband hasn't had it yet, but he's still, um, because he's a teacher, he's still he'll, in the yeah, he'll come up to get it quick, yeah, probably, before me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's interesting. My husband is already talking about, uh, you know, let's take a long weekend to this hotel and... <laughs> And I'm saying, you know, I, I have not been vaccinated yet. Well, I was going to say, how do you feel about that? Would you would you take a risk and do that? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I would I, say I, it depends I'm, on uh, a couple of things, because this is the same thing. I, when, um, I think I mentioned it several times that we that my husband and I have been going out to restaurants and we've always felt pretty safe here in DC because they're taking certain steps to, you know, make sure everything's safe and all. But I um, kept this little card from, we went to dinner last night at silver, not silver diner, but the, the upscale silver uh, restaurant. And they put out this little card showing all the different things that they're doing to make your indoor dining experience safe. They have a germicidal UVC light in their HVAC system that kills the germs mm -hmm. in the, HVAC system. They have air purifiers at every other table, and they have um, heavy-duty germicidal UVC fixtures throughout the building that also uh, throughout the dining room that also kill germs. And I thought that's a that's pretty bold. They have a three-level air purification system for people to feel comfortable eating indoor the restaurants. And you can see all this stuff when you go in there and they, and, cause they point this out when you sit down, you know, just to make you feel comfortable. Here's what we're doing to make your uh, dining experience more comfortable. And I thought that's that, what my gym is doing. I think that's amazing to go to that much effort. You know, I'm, I, you know, I hope for a lot of these businesses that it's a worthwhile 
investment because if if it's what helps get them through this then that's great but i i really feel for a lot of them because if you can't afford to take those steps um and people don't feel safe or you're not getting the business and you you shut down or you take the risk of you know borrowing to to do it and it you know it's too much for you you've taken on too much i i think people could be paying stuff like this off for a long long time um and some of the more established and maybe wealthier you know restaurant restauranteurs might be able to afford to take these steps but or i say wealthy i don't there are very few restauranteurs that get quote wealthy i think um i was going to say a chain anything that has more mm-hmm. than one or two restaurants um like a chain wise they can afford to absorb that kind of cost but the um, independent guys like up the street from us um, that we go to chef jeff's all the time and that is nora o'donnell's husband's restaurant which is right up the street from us um nora o'donnell's from cbs evening news i don't know if you know mm-hmm. that from Big Fatty show. But anyway, we go to his restaurant all the time, but he only owns now, I think he only owns two restaurants. So that's a big expense for him to take on um, right. installing all es- that stuff. Especially if your customer base is way down, right? If you're producing a lot less meals, I mean, you might be saving some, but you know, staffing is the most expensive cost that any restaurant has. Oh yeah. And um, the or typically, right? I, I guess depending on the location, like in DC, rent might be comparable. But oh my um, god, it's outrageously expensive. Yeah, here. <laughs> but um, but you're uh, you need a certain amount of staff to provide a good experience, right? And a, a dine dine in or sit down dining experience takes a lot more staff than um, just you know, having somebody at the register and somebody in the back to cook. Right. Cause some of the places here locally, we don't ever go out really. Like we just eat here, but um, the, on the very few occasions, like we have a little pizza place down the road that we've gotten pizza from a couple of times and you go in and they're just, you know, a person behind the cash register and, um, and they don't ever have table service. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not a big change for them and they, they seem to be doing okay. But well, because that was always their model that yeah. you just come in, mm-hmm. get your pizza and maybe go sit outside and eat. Yeah. It and their dining room is, is, I don't know, six tables or something. They've got like four booths and a couple of tables. I think it's, it's tiny. They don't, I, I don't think that's what they've set themselves up to be. They're not a dine in type restaurant. So they're a, it, it's an interesting pizza place because they're, um, they're really, really big on fresh. Everything's made fresh and like fresh ingredients and they make incredibly good pizza. Um, but they're very reasonably priced. And I think it's because they don't really cater to a sit down dine in type experience. They save a ton of money by not having a lot of extra space and, um, not needing to pay staff. Like they just need somebody behind the register to take orders and, you know, somebody to prep and make the pizzas. So, yeah, yeah. um, well, and, here we also have a great many restrictions on how many people can go into a restaurant. I right. forget, where are you again? Like, North Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah. I think we're up to 25% of the capacity of the restaurant. That's what we're at too in DC. That's yeah. That's still that's ridiculous. I mean, really low. Yeah. As far as but I mean, hopefully, money. 
people f- feel safe. But yeah, but um, most most restaurants say that I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I, I remember years ago when I was a dishwasher busboy, I I um, my station was like right outside the manager's office and I'd always hear them talking about like what their table occupancy rates were because that is what you know helps them get by is they need to keep everybody at tables and they want to be as close to 100 percent full as they can like you know during all the busy um, meal times well i was going to ask moose yeah there's not a lot of money to be made in restaurants no no it's a pretty thin margin it's rough yeah. Um, I was going to say, Moose, if you, if your husband wants to go like on a little weekend thing and he, and if he can find a hotel that has these kinds of, um, uh, you know, safeguards put in place, would you feel more comfortable going then? Yes, I would. Um, he's already, he's talking about the hotel and it's a hotel that I'm very comfortable in. It's just that uh, part of the experience is going, they have a cocktail hour every day and they've got this social thing that goes on every day and they've got the, a really incredible bar that is, you know, just so much fun to go sit and just relax and watch the world go by. They've got a great restaurant um, and they've got really wonderful room service. I mean, top-notch hotels, of course. Uh, it's our price, and we get a discounted price, believe it or not, at $750 a night. Oh, my so, God. Are you yeah, serious? I mean, it's, Whoa. Oh, my um, gosh. But, <laughs> I've never uh, played, stayed somewhere that expensive. <laughs> and that's, believe it or not, a little local hotel. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it's it, they've already notified us that, okay, we're not going to have room service. We're not going to be cleaning your room every day. Uh, we're only going to clean it every three days. Um, there will be no fresh towel service every day. You know, and the restaurant's closed or at very, very limited capacity. If you go to the bar, you have to wear a, a mask as unless you're actually drinking your drink. And then it's questionable whether they're going to let you sit there anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, they've done away with so many of the, the things that we go for. But they have a reduced price, so you know. Wow, right. that's sounds- the experience is totally different. Yes, it is, and the restaurants around the hotel, you know, we don't know even if they're open. True. Um, you know, so I, I'm not thrilled with the idea of going. Now, um, when were you going to go this weekend for Valentine's Day for a little loving? No. <laughs> We're too old for that. Uh, it's, no, it was serious. We uh, we were just going to, you know, talking about maybe two or three weeks after he's got his second dose. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, and we also checked into a uh, hotel down in Wilmington, but we found out they have closed entirely. Oh, my God. Um, it's, so, um, oh, wow. We don't know if they're going to reopen. Um, we were hoping because it was it, it was a nice little boutique hotel also. Yeah, that's true. yeah. That's I'm wondering. People are talking a lot about restaurants, but I, I can't help but think a lot of small or boutique type hotels may really struggle um, because if if they own a single hotel, you know, and and 
they don't own their property completely or, you know, they're paying rent to somebody else or it's financed and they can't make payments. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if many of them may, may end up closing. Yeah. Because they, they rely on having yeah. cash. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they want their occupancy rates. It's like restaurants, right? They want their table occupancies high and, and hotels want their room um, vacancy rates really, really low. They, they need lots and lots of people. At, um, okay. Now, um, just sticking with the whole um, COVID-19 thing, um, we heard, well, first of all, when Biden was, um, not not to go to, to politics, but I just want to uh, mention a couple of things. When Biden went into office, he said he hopes to vaccinate 100 million people in the first 100 days. I think they're up to 33 million so far, and it looks like he's on target to, to meet that um, that goal. And then it was announced uh, later this afternoon that um, Biden has been able to secure an eventual 200 million doses of the vaccine. And if you think about if he can um, vaccinate 100 million people in 100 days and he's getting 200 million vaccinations, we're talking in the country only has 330 million people. That's a lot. I mean, that I would call that a, a success. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Absolutely. About that? I think he's done wonderful. Yeah. You know, um, don't you think that the I, states individually, though, have like kind of fucked up sometime, some way with, yeah. the, with the actual yes. vaccinations? But in terms of getting the actual vaccine, he's done a good job about that. One one of the things that I think we've seen um, as, uh, and like in California, it becomes real obvious is that if there's not good oversight for um, you know, you, you roll things like this out and each individual area that's expected, you know, here it's county by county and we've got 58 counties. So you've got 58 different methods of doing all this. And, you know, nobody, it's like we have no, we still don't have good um, coordinated efforts on how to make this simple and this is you know this is complicated stuff so i'm not blaming anybody it's just um one of those challenges of trying to do something like this well, so yeah, i think uh, biden's done a much much better job than our prior former president i was just going to say that that <laughs> in the, we've talked about this before on on a gangbang show about how if if the previous administration hadn't screwed up the entire thing from the beginning mm-hmm. then the biden administration would have been further along because well, there would there would have been some organization, there would have been some accountability, there would have been some, you know. Uh, well, our former president, I, th- I think, turned it into a political issue, right. and we're stuck with that because we, I don't think we'll ever get past that, and th- so it's created issues with people not wanting the vaccines, and I think we, uh, if we would have started at the beginning and everybody was you know, on the same page of wear a mask and, you know, we'll get the vaccines out. And um, we, we would have been a lot more united. I don't, I, I think the individual areas and rolling things out still would have been a struggle, but, um, but I, I think right now, politically, it's become such a sort of hot button thing that it, it makes it that much more challenging. Well, I mean, and also we're, we're looking at our governor potentially having a recall election. California, along those same lines, um, because it's a different 
uh, a way to do it in every county or every state. That's that's what I'm saying. If, if the if the Trump administration had set up like this is going to be the way it's going to be in every state and every county, and, and everyone did it the same way and the same accountability and the same you know all the stuff in place, then we would be much further along. Is what I'm trying to say. It yeah, and I I guess they might have had an opportunity to try to do that at the very beginning. the The hard part is is um, and I don't want to make excuses for the Biden administration. Like I just, I, I think anything like this is hard to do at, at such a big level. You have to sort of hand off and say, here, here you go, California, here's, here's your vaccines, have at it. Right. And then you, you need, you know, our governor to step up and, and try to coordinate or have a statewide um, because it, it surprises me a little bit that, you know, government is, I work for the state of California and government's so slow to change. And so if this was the private sector, it seems like, you know, we could have a website up in a couple of, couple of weeks that would allow everybody to like, you know, call or schedule online or, you know, like, there'd be an app for it by now right yeah. <laughs> and, um and yet you know because it's left up to government it it's kind of like well hand it over to the counties and let them figure it out so then we have all these uh you know different ways that that people are struggling yeah. to That's figure it bad. out <laughs> or this well, here in north carolina <laughs> what was that um, here in North Carolina, we finally uh, got to CVS and Walgreens involved, and mm-hmm. they're going to be distributing and giving the doses, which yeah. seems to be a much better system. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our drug stores have been doing flu vaccines for years and years, mm-hmm. so oh, I, yeah. I would imagine, you know, the CVS and Walgreens here will, um, you know, they've, they've been saying they're, they're waiting to get enough to, in the pipeline that they can start offering them to everybody but i i would think you know if if we've got that many more coming that that'll happen soon so maybe that july date won't uh you know won't hold true yeah i'm hoping it'll be sooner than that but we'll see um let's move on to something else do you guys did did either one of you watch the super bowl on sunday no should i say the superb owl is big fatty puts it i didn't want no interest (laughs) What about the commercials? Did you watch any of the commercials? The only one I saw was the, um, uh, it was uh, the one with Bruce Springsteen. <gasps> Good, because that's the one I want to talk about. <laughs> it was a great commercial. Yeah, yeah. You guys will have to inform me because I saw in your email earlier, I'm like, I don't have any idea what's going on. Okay, with this. well, I'll, I'll fill you in as much as I know. Um, mm-hmm. So Bruce Springsteen did this commercial for Jeep, Jeep, mm-hmm. the, you know, the SUV. And um, basically what he did was he drove a Jeep pretty much like across the country to this, like the middle of the country, to this little chapel. Um, where, well, I don't even remember what state it's in. But um, he talked all about, you know, we've got to work together. The middle is important. And you know, let's, let's get back together and re, uh, reunited. Reunite. Right, mm-hmm. reunited states is what you know basically so it this really it's, it was very emotional it was um mm-hmm. very touching it was very rah-rah great, america kind of thing great message too because that's a heavily watched thing by conservatives so. so to uh monday or tuesday this week maybe it was no i'm sorry maybe it was yesterday um it 
comes out that Bruce Springsteen was arrested in the fall for a, a DWI. <laughs> driving while intoxicated right. <laughs> so it's like in the commercial he's driving across the country and he's been arrested for a dwi well let's so, face it if we're going to drive all the way to the middle of a country wouldn't we have to have a couple of drinks uh, <laughs> that's a good point i i agree well, i just <laughs> always think so, i can't drive so, <laughs> I, so can, now, I can always have a cocktail so now they've pulled the ad and said you know they can't play it anymore because Bruce Springsteen has now been an embarrassment to Jeep because he uh, was arrested for DWI and the whole commercial was about him driving. And all this stuff. I just think it's the craziest thing. I mean, and okay. Uh, comments. I mean, my, my first thought is like, why, why does it matter? Right? Like people do stupid stuff. Um, and why, I, I guess I don't understand why people get so worked up about, you know, Bruce Springsteen getting arrested for DWI. That's sad. It sucks. But why should it in any way tarnish the, the commercial, right? The, because, the message of the, the commercial, commercial is about him driving. I, I know, but I still, I, I don't know. It's a commercial for God's sake. It's not reality. <laughs> I know, but that's what I mean. Like it's a, commercials are a fantasy world. So um, I just, I don't ever see them as, as being reality. And I understand the message he's trying to portray is, is very much real, real world. Yeah. And, and holy shit, know, I just looked him it, up. He is 71 years old. <laughs> oh God. Wow. Yeah. He's right about my parents' age. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Moose, do you have any um, thoughts about this? Or It was a wonderful commercial. I mean, I, I sat there and, you know, voluntarily watched the entire thing. And it's it's about a two or three minute commercial. Yeah. Um, it, a long commercial. Yeah. Well, it, I saw it online. And yeah, like I, I said, I saw too. the entire thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's such a good message. You know, if I were Jeep, I'd still run it. I would too, because that's really what it ends up as being the message that he says, right. you know, all right, people, and let's come together. Is, let's reunite the United he, States. You know, he is not the first person to be DWI. I mean, yeah. George Bush was. Yeah. And his President. wife killed somebody. His wife. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I know. It's, it, yes, driving under the influence is bad. But the commercial is a good commercial. Yeah. And it's still the boss. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, Bruce can do no wrong, in my opinion. So, you know. So, are you a big fan of his music then over the years? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that I definitely am from, um, I guess it's the river through 89 when he did the, the two albums at one time. I can't think of them. Was it? Uh, Nebraska? No, after, this was after Nebraska. He did okay. after Nebraska. He he actually came back with. Um, uh, I don't remember what they were. I can't they were, think of it now. But it was a really good um, uh, video too on MTV. See, um, I was in high school when Bruce first hit the scene, um, mm -hmm. and I rem I started listening to him with "Welcome to Ash Asbury Park." Yes, that's a good one. You know, um, so I mean, I've followed his career. Uh, I, I didn't get to see him live until maybe 1989 or 90. Oh, I never saw he, him live. Oh, incredible show. Ooh, I bet it would have been a good show. Yeah. All right, here it is. I'm looking at the album. So um, 
Oh, that's the Chores. Where are the albums? Here are the albums. <laughs> Greetings from Asbury Park was actually the first one in 1973. And okay. then um, oh, I started okay. listening in, oh, I guess it was Darkness on the Edge of Town in 1978 is when I started listening. Oh, no, no. It was actually would have been Born to Run in 1975. But then I followed him. I mean, I, I loved everything he did from Born to Run, Darkness on the Edge of Town, The River, yeah. Nebraska, mm-hmm. Born in the USA, Tunnel of Love. Oh, and then it was 1992 when I, when my last times I bought Human Touch and Lucky Town. He put out both in the same year. Then he did The Ghost of Tom Joad, and I stopped listening. So, Yeah, I didn't buy that one. Yeah. I have I, every other I don't album. remember that one at all. So. Oh, so. I do. It was a really dark and... Um, well, Nebraska would, was kind of dark too, but it was. Yeah, I would love to see his show in New York. Oh, I would love. Well, you know, here's the reason I did not see him because well, it's expensive. Well, yeah, it's expensive. Well, actually, when I when I was a, like in '84, '85, I could go to a concert for like forty bucks. No, I'm talking about the one the. Uh, I know you're was, talking the one in New York. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's well. It, I guess it ended in February. Yeah. That one was really expensive. But um, well, here's what I'm saying, because I've listened to him on the radio. I bought his albums. I used to like lay in my bedroom with the headphones on, blasting Bruce Springsteen, reading the liner notes and reading the um, lyrics and stuff and singing along and everything. Um, but so I got so used to the way it sounded on the record mm-hmm. that if I went to mm-hmm. the concert, he would sound live and it wouldn't sound just like the record and I would be disappointed. You know, well, I, there's that, yeah. So I, that's why I never saw him in concert, because I wanted to well, just... One have, of, go ahead. You know, one of the great things, I think, about concerts, having, you know, seen not a ton of concerts, but one of the things I love about concerts is they uh, artists don't often sound exactly perfect right um or they um they modify things a little bit right i've seen some fantastic artists you know i've seen lady gaga pink um you know kelly clarkson um i'm trying to think i've i've seen quite a few but um but they've they've all done unique little things that make the concert experience that much better because you're you're getting something slightly different right you're not getting the album version of every song right um they they change things up a little bit they they riff a little they're you know it's and and that's part of the the fun i think and i i would guess bruce would be like that too like it might not be the exact album you know studio version and and that that would just make it that much cooler because it's like you know it was sort of made for you during that concert well i will concert go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no no you go ahead okay the concert i saw he was pretty close to the studio um, found i mean he he worked really hard and uh all the band members worked really they were tight Mm -hmm. um now Rolling Stones, when I saw them, I mean, they would substitute instruments. When when they performed, um, you can't always get what you want. They left out the chorus oh. um, and completely changed the song. I mean, it's still beautiful. Um, and I'm going to really date myself here. When I saw Three Dog Night back in the early 70s. Wait, cool. <laughs> come on, I thought you were closer to my age. How old are you? Mm-hmm. I'm 63. I'll be 64 in just a couple of months. Okay, so you are older than me. All right, sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm a lot older than you. Only by uh, six but years. Anyways, 
but uh, Three Dog Night, uh, they had some of their music where it was uh, an, a, a Hammond organ and oh, yeah. a big sound to it. Mm-hmm. They substituted piano. Oh. Hmm. It completely changed the music. And I, I was so frustrated because it sounded so different. You know, um, now uh, Ike and Tina Turner were amazing live. They were so much better. Oh, I bet. Wow. And uh, the studio stuff. But I've been, you can tell, I've been going to concerts for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can tell you this I've only been to two, like, stadium concerts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I've done all my all the rest of my life that they've been smaller venues. Like when mm-hmm. I talk about going to the Wolf Trap and listening to you know whoever, but mm-hmm. um, the two were back in well, one was in I think it was 1982. It was the Police. Mm-hmm. And, oh wow! Well, whatever year Synchronicity was, it was the Police, and the Go Go's opened for the Police. Oh. It was probably about 88 or 89, wasn't it? No, no, no. This was like no, that 82, would, it would have been early. Yeah, really? there was like early, early yeah. 82. Two to eighty-four, somewhere right in that okay. yeah. range. And in the same range, I also saw Queen mm-hmm. and oh, um, Billy wow. Squire open for Queen. Oh, oh cool! Yeah, I never saw Queen. I loved both of those concerts, but then mm-hmm. I, that's when I started to get this feeling like, well, they're they're not going to sing like I know them on the radio or on my records, so I don't really want to go see them. So, oh, oh my gosh, one of the best concerts I saw was Journey. Um, oh, yeah, and it was it was not. Um, it, you know, it was the more recent, so it was the the new guy they've got. Oh, but he singing. sounds like um, Steve. He, oh, he is. Yeah, he he was spot on, and he he spent the entire concert like running all over my the friend that was with me. Um, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, like he's singing, and he's like he climbed up on one of the speakers and jumped off one of the the speakers. You know, that's like ten feet tall, wow. right? And he's yeah. like just super active and and singing but um the best part of that the journey was great and fun but heart um and ann wilson oh my heart? god that woman can sing mm-hmm. um and she sang um the um which one was it i'm trying to remember i think it was alone that she sang and she did the entire song pretty much acapella like there was just a tiny bit of um, piano, like every now and then, what, they, what it would come in, that? and you just get it. Um, that was probably ten. It was just before I moved to Sacramento, so okay. probably ten years ago. Because Hart came to my um, college in 1981. Oh yeah, no, I mean they've been around since the early 70s, yeah. I think, when they started. Okay. But, um, but she, oh, oh my gosh, I got chills. Like it's one of those things where she's singing a cappella, pretty much. Like you're barely getting a tiny bit of piano in the background every now and then, and it, it was just dead silence in the entire. Um, amphitheater. Well, hearing and hearing this experience makes incredible. me makes me want to ask both of you: What was your best favorite concert? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ooh. you have to if you wow. have to pick one. I'll tell you mine. It was um, oh now I can't think of her name. Um, Natalie Cole at Wolf Trap. It was mm. literally like a year before she died. Um, it was like so perfect. She had the big screen up and she was singing with her father. It was. It was several years after the album that she did, Unforgettable. Uh, I think it's that the actual name of the album, Unforgettable. 
But I just loved that. We were sitting out in the on the lawn drinking wine and she was she would come up into the audience and sing. It was so good. I really enjoyed that. But now, you guys? Uh, I would say as far as a show, maybe Bette Midler. Oh, because she puts on a her. Oh, she puts on a hell of a show and it but mm-hmm. it's not so much a concert as it is I mean, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. You Did know. you see her at the bathhouse? <laughs> no, I'm a little older than that. I'm a little younger than that. Younger. <laughs> so, um, no, I saw her uh, early '90s. She uh, she did an outdoor concert here at uh, at Walnut Creek. Oh, so, early um, '90s. That would have been uh, maybe beaches, beaches time. Probably, because I remember. Uh, she My had a big I, resurgence then, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, just after she started in the movies. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, my husband and I went together, uh, and we got together in 91. So, Oh, my God. You've been together since 1991? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Moose, you need to write a book on how to stay together in a gay relationship. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 30 years yeah. this year, huh? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow, I hadn't thought about it. Thirty years. Jeez. That's amazing. To be in May. That's awesome. We're at sixteen, but you know. Wow. Wow. We met Um, later in life. So, Jay, your favorite concert? I, I'm, I'm going back and forth, and I think um, for vocal performance because I can't see the show, right? Like the, um, I, I'm going completely on I. I, I don't want somebody who lip syncs. And so the, the best vocal performance I think was pink. Oh. Um, she is an incredible vocalist and I'm just blown away that she sounded like she did when my husband's sitting next to me and he's like, you know, she's belting out. Um, I'm still a rock star. You know, I got my rock moves and it, it's not an easy song to sing, right? Just yeah. by itself. And my husband's like, oh, she's doing flips. Oh, and now she's cartwheeling across the entire stadium oh. on lines, right? She's yeah. on up on the, the chords up there. And um, and it, it was amazing because, you know, hearing what some of the stuff she was doing, right? She's up there and she's like cartwheeling, flipping, spinning, dancing, you know, and and still putting on an incredible performance. And and she's a um she's definitely a, a more of a rock um got the rock edge, right? Oh, yeah. She's, she definitely does. She, her pop stuff is good, but um you see her in concert and she covered a Metallica song, you know, so she's, um, she's a rock and roller. (laughs) So, which is, which is fun. So it was, you know, it was a fantastic show, I guess, but vocally it was amazing. But I've I've been lucky because the, um, the other one that I loved was uh, seeing Cher in Vegas. Oh, Vegas. I've never seen her either. She was fantastic. And they're, there are rumors that she may lip sync some of the time, but she had been sick and we could tell a little bit in her voice. Her voice sounded a little, had a little rough edge yeah, to it, yeah. but it was, it was still 
amazing. She she sounds fantastic. And well, I think she's even, in her set. What? Well, May that was probably a she was seventy one at the time, <laughs> two years ago. And my husband was just blown away. Right, the the show starts and she's lowered, um, you know, with like her butt hanging out, um, <laughs> and you know, on this like. I, I'm trying to remember what it was like. She's, you know, she's in this revealing outfit, right? And comes down, and it's it's a lot of glitz and lights and flash and um, whatever. And then for her, um, if I could turn back time, she came out song. in the same outfit that she had wore in the video. And my husband said the only thing they had to do was they they had to add some. Um, some material to the outfit because she's got a lot bigger boobs than she did back then. <laughs> she's, she's definitely had a boob job, um, which she joked about after she sang the the song. She's like, oh yeah, like I, I have to hand it to my boober anglers. <laughs> and she did a whole thing about her, her boober anglers, but she was one of the most, um, uh, what, what would I say? Uh, like self-effacing and just, um, conversational right she her her performance was a an incredible performance but she stopped and like talked to the crowd and you know just chit-chatted about stuff and it was really really fun because she's just super engaging all right i'm gonna um make us move unless uh moose peas you have something you wanted to add there i'm good okay yeah because i know we're gonna run out of time here i think we only have like (laughs) 10 minutes left um but there was one last thing I wanted to talk about. First of all, do either of you um, watch the uh, Mandalorian, the Star Wars Mandalorian thing? Nope. I don't. I don't either. Well, <laughs> then, then this won't really <laughs> affect either one of us. Uh, I, I but, want to, but um, I haven't subscribed to Disney yet. So <laughs> but I want to. I, I I do have a story about this. There was a, there's this actress there called Gina Carreno. C-A-R-A-N-O, Carreno, or Carreno, um, who just recently got fired from Disney and the people who uh, do the show Mandalorian because she was a part of the cast. Well, she posted, um, she she is a Trumpster, so she posted this horrible thing about the Holocaust on um, Instagram. And I'll just give you a little uh little bit of it here she posted a picture there's a a picture of a lady who's um scantily dressed running through the the bombed out streets of berlin it looks like um she her face is bloodied and behind her you can see nazis um like running after her with um either guns or um looks like some kind of instruments to beat people with anyway she writes here on the post she writes jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even children. Well, in the picture, there is also a child with a uh, piece of wood. But then she goes on to say, because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? And she's talking about, she's trying to make the connection to Trumpsters. 
Mm-hmm. Well, because of that post, it was absolutely outrageous, and uh, she was fired from her job. I mean, everyone's condemning her and stuff. And so people who follow The Mandalorian will, will probably know this and can relate to this. But I'm like, how did this woman even get hired in the first place if her social media has this kind of stuff? You know, I don't know if it does or not, but she's, if she's a Trumpster and she feels this way, they would have known about her. Why would they hire her in the first place? You know what I mean? You know, the part that... Oh, go ahead, Mace. No, I, I'm I'm just I'm just in shock about the whole thing. Uh, this the, that's disturbing. It is. The post is just horrible. the The part that is fascinating to me is if you think about what she's saying or, or trying to point out, isn't it much more likely that the Trumpsters would be the ones beating their neighbors, right? Yes. Democrats, <laughs> right? So the the reality is just fascinating to me that I, I think people, um, I was listening to a podcast and I don't remember what, but they were talking about, um, I think it was greetings from nowhere. And, um, Nicole was talking to a family member, I think, and mentioned that um, her her family member said they were scared of what would happen to them as Republicans if um, you know Biden won. And and it's like really like Nicole was sort of shocked and yeah. surprised. And I I don't know what they're listening to or or hearing because we're not the ones causing violence, right? Hillary Clinton lost the election and nobody stormed the Capitol or did anything violent to, to try, you know, in, in fact, the, the exact opposite, right? We have all kinds of QAnon things coming out of <laughs> all the, um, that, that stuff. So it just, it's, it's fascinating to me how people come to these conclusions because they don't seem based in reality at all. I mean, the big protest after Hillary lost was women putting on cat hats right. and and marching the streets. I mean, right. I don't think anybody stormed the Capitol. Right. No violence. <laughs> no, no, there was no, no violence. No violence at all. Well, the thing is, they also like if you're following at the uh, um, impeachment of Trump there, the, these Republicans are completely now denying that it even happened. They're calling it a hoax. They're saying all those people were Antifa actors hired to do that. But yet they're all getting his, arrested. His defense team is trying to say that? No, no. All the Republican people who don't want to vote for his um, conviction. All the senators? Yeah, senators, representatives, people in the – all these QAnon, all these different groups are, are saying these kind I, of things. I just don't get it. Like, where do they get their information? Or, I mean, here's a, a sort of a radical thought, I guess, is are we getting really bad information you know, is our information just as bad as theirs? No, right? the, like, the, the difference <laughs> but is... But our, our reality is, like, we we see that people had posts on, you know, social media and, you know, all these things that seem to be able to be validated and be true. So. Well, that's just it. That, that goes back to the whole facts thing. We see the facts, we hear the facts, and we believe the facts. These people see the facts, hear the facts and don't believe it, and then make up something that they want to believe. Well, also, you've got, uh, I think it was 15 of the Republican senators didn't even show up today to hear the testimony. Correct. And Josh Hawley, that guy from Missouri, was sitting up in the um, stands, or the uh, 
viewing gallery with his feet up on a chair. He was not down on the floor. It's, it's just, like they, they want to deny everything. Uh, you know, th- we've lost our country. Pretty much. I think it's going to take a lot to turn us back around. Yeah. To get to get folks. Uh, well, I said this uh, many weeks ago on the first gangbang I was on, I think, of like, wouldn't it be nice if we could get back to like cooperating or working together? And Yeah. We're going we're gonna to need that to uh, both pass... Um, Biden's uh, coronavirus uh, stimulus bill or whatever, um, he, and also to he, work on he things. He doesn't, and and I think they're planning on passing it with without the Republicans. I think they're yes. trying to get them on board, but Correct. we we don't need it because they can do two things, right? They've got two um, simple majority things they can push through Correct. with the reconciliation process, but right. um, but I. It, we need to we need to get back to where folks can be working together to come up with uh, you know well, solutions that may not be perfect for either side but but both sides can live with you know got to get rid of these crazies these, these <laughs> Marjorie true. Taylor Greens the Laura Bobarts yeah. and all these Josh Hawley and <sighs> all these people Moose P you wanted to say something. I don't understand why the Republicans didn't take away uh, Green's uh, committees. No, they did take away her committees. They just didn't. No, the Republicans didn't. The Democrats did. Oh, the The Democrats Democrats did, did. yes. But I don't know why the Republicans didn't jump in there. Because they like to keep. They had the chance to look good by doing that. (laughs) They would have looked really great. Well, they would look great if they vote for conviction on Trump as well. You're right. But it's not going to happen. It would be showing that, you know, I care more about the country and the Constitution than I do my own party. I, but I also they don't. But they I, don't. I think it would I think it would also help, uh, you know, the I, I don't I'm, I'm dreading having a conversation. I need to call my parents. Right. It's been months since I've talked to them. Well, but you don't have I need to talk to politics them. with them. No, I know. But the, if it comes up like I, I, I just I I would love to see um evidence or action you know on the republican side to say you know what we um we agree that he did wrong and um you know he acted inappropriately because it would help the rest of the country like all the folks out there like my parents sort of fall in line i think in yeah but you're dreaming in in going sort of going along with like okay you know i i guess if my senator says that or thinks that right like i mean here in california my my parents would have a harder time but because <laughs> their senators are both democrats <laughs> um but they i i think for a large part of the country it would just be an important leadership thing for the senators to do to say this was wrong and this is a clear cut case of of it being wrong um to help calm things down and uh, you know help help folks get back on the same page again but um who knows (laughs) moose got a comment 
if they don't convict him, the next wannabe dictator is going to be much worse. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he will have seen what Trump got away with, and he can do yep. the same thing. He's going to do the well, same thing. Trump pushed it further than anybody else had, and whoever the next wannabe is will continue to do that. That's and, why well, if we don't convict him and don't ban him yeah. from running again, then then it's our own fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I blame. I will totally blame it on the Republicans because they're they're the ones who can't admit how wrong he was, even though they know it. All right, mm-hmm. we're going to wrap this up because it has been <laughs> on that happy note. I know. I, think I should never have gotten into politics in the last couple of minutes because I just never <laughs> we should have done that first. <laughs> I know. No, All I right. I I will add one extra thing before we we go. Um, okay. Because I never commented about the traveling like one of the things i've struggled with is we looked at going away like even this summer for our anniversary my husband and i and one of the challenges i can totally identify moose with you and your husband um because one of the things we talked about was like what are we going to do if we go somewhere um and I'm excited about the opportunities to travel, but it's challenging to figure out, like, what do you do? Like, if if you go somewhere, you know, Vegas is as crowded as ever because we're, we're, we've seen pictures of people there and people aren't necessarily wearing masks. And, right. you know, it's like, do, do I want to be in that? Uh, Vegas is hard enough anyway, um, but do I want to be in that? massive people so the the traveling stuff is i'm really going to be interested to see how how things go with um you know traveling and and what our options our opportunities are well Uh, moose can fill us in when he comes back from his little vacation (laughs) i doubt we're going to go anywhere but i don't know i would love to go somewhere yeah i i'm i'm right there with you it'd be fun to get away and just you know, check out for a weekend and, you know, from home and, and do something else. But yeah. I'm trying to figure out what to do is the tough part. I think it'd be safer to rent like a cottage as yeah. it has its own kitchen. And we thought about that, you know, like a little condo or something yeah. somewhere where you'd had your own facilities and you can mm-hmm. just enjoy, you know, some scenery on the beach or something. And well, right. that's actually uh, what we yeah. did last August when we did our, when we did our, our wine vacation in Virginia wine country, mm-hmm. we rented a little cabin at a winery and we didn't run into any people. You know, we, Oh, we, at a winery. Yeah. That's a great idea. So you could, you had to make an appointment then to go to do a tasting. So you, there was nobody around then. And then we went grocery shopping and just cooked in the, in the cabin for like, I want 10 tastings a day. <laughs> well, we would drive to other wineries that, that had openings and stuff. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was pretty much it. We did, it avoided people almost completely. So, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to do that this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, we've got to wrap this up. So, okay. thank you both for being on this episode. I appreciate it. And I'm going to give you a couple seconds to tell us how people can find you if they would like to. Let's start with Moose P. I'm Moose P on the Twitters. All right. And Jay, I've actually posted something, believe it or not. I know. <laughs> I was shocked. I'm like, oh my God, Moose P just showed us a picture of his head. <laughs> anyway. And if you want to see that, <laughs> look him up on Twitter. That's um, right. I, you can find me, J.R. Harris, too, on Facebook. I never post anything anymore, but um, I, I Occasionally, I went on there, I, I think, for my monthly visit <laughs> um, last weekend and spent, it, it's one of those things where it's a spiral, right? You you start and then 
you go an hour later, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm still here looking at Facebook. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I check in occasionally, but um, not, not much, but you can find me there. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. Well, once again, thank you. And you guys are going to say goodbye with me here and then we will um, play the closing music. So um, until next time. Bye. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.